Hello and welcome to Guru Please, the show about pushing the limits of life and stepping up to live with more meaning, more purpose, and more passion. I'm your host, Jessica Sun. I'm really pleased to introduce Andy and Jonathan Goldman. Jonathan is a founding pioneer in the field of sound healing. He's a musician and author of Healing Sounds, Shifting Frequencies, The Divine Name, and The Seven Secrets of Sound Healing. Andy and Jonathan co-authored The Humming Effect. They have both dedicated their lives to helping awaken and empower others with the ability of sound to heal and transform. Welcome to the show, Andy, Jonathan. Oh, Jessica, hello, and it's great to be here. It's a real blessing. Thank you. Yeah, so want to get started at the beginning. How did you get into sound healing? I know, Jonathan, you were a guitarist and that kind of led you to see music in a different way. So I'm curious as to what piqued your interest. I have a story. You have the time. <laughs> okay, Jessica, we're going to first uh, step into the Wayback Machine and we're going to travel back to 1979. We're going to travel back to a seaside bar in Marshfield, Massachusetts, which is on Cape Cod. And I am getting on stage after a break with my band. I am strapping on my Fender Stratocaster, plugging it in and start playing. And I look out at the audience and I realize that there is an incredible ambiance of negativity in the club, but also that the music that I was creating was helping induce this ambiance of negativity and violence. And uh, basically, I had the thought then, and I'd never had it before, and I've been playing professionally for 15 years, even though I was a uh, college graduate, et cetera, et cetera. I was, you know, always loved playing music, and I had the thought then, what if music could be used to make people feel good? Because I'd never basically had that thought before. It was most of the time just, look at me, look at me, here I am. Here I thought, became aware that there was this ambiance of negativity and that my music was helping contribute it. And it was like, what if music can be used to make people feel good? And from there, that thought just shifted and changed like 10, 15 degrees and became, what if sound could be used to heal? And from there, I literally went on a path and within a week, and this is back in probably, you know, very late 70s, early 80s, uh, I was handed a piece of paper and on that piece of paper was a workshop on using sound for healing uh, given by a woman named Sarah Benson, who became my uh, wife, Andy, and my great friend and teacher. And we call her the Divine Mother of Sound Healing, incidentally. And from there, I founded the uh, Sound Healers Association. And I went to Lesley University where I got a degree researching the uses of sound and music uh, for healing, a master's degree. And um, that's mostly been it. Andy? Well, and, and Jessica, that was all about 40 years ago, which is why he is a founding father in the current uh, sound healing movement. But my background, Jonathan and I have been working together for 25 years, so I didn't really know him during that particular time. And my background is as a holistic psychotherapist, and, and I used a lot of expressive therapies in my practice. And, and of course, sound is probably one of the most expressive therapies that we can use. Mm -hmm. And even though I wasn't that familiar with Jonathan at the time when I was, you know, my practice was really evolving. And then I 
met Jonathan probably in 1995. And I met him through a mutual friend who was one of Jonathan's colleagues in the field of sound. And he was Don Campbell. He was a had been a friend of mine you know, since we were in our early 20s. And he introduced Jonathan and I. And at that point, we just, here we are, 25 been, years been later. We've been working together and it's been a wondrous, yeah. wondrous experience. We've written a couple of books, uh, not only The Humming Effect, which is our most recent, and we're going to really looking forward to sharing with you some aspects of that, but also another book called Chakra, Chakra Frequencies. Frequency. I know, we just work together and teach together. It's really nice to have uh, somebody that you can bounce off of. Mm-hmm. Well, let's get into the meat of things. There are, you know, healing powers within sounds and you're saying specifically with humming, how does that work? And let's talk about what is happening in the body or in the mind when we're listening to different sounds. The first way that sound works is that it goes into our ears, into our brain, affecting our nervous system, our heart rate, our respiration, our blood pressure, our brain waves, and this is called psychoacoustics. Essentially, our nervous system is being affected by the sounds. So when we listen to music, even the sound of our voice, we're reacting and uh, interfacing with this psychoacoustic effect of sound. That's one way. And the other way is called vibroacoustics. And that's where sound goes into you and affects you on a cellular level affecting going into literally your body can make changes that are very, very deep and profound. Here is a quote from the New York Times science section. Andy, take it away. <laughs> Sound shaped into dazzling tool can make, break, or rearrange molecular structure. And Jessica, that is a quote from the science section of the New York Times back in 1988. So sound has a profound effect on our bodies. And basically because we are all frequency and that's you know becoming more and more in the mainstream lexicon that you know our vibration our frequency is really affected by so many things and sound is one of the most powerful uh tools that can affect our own frequencies by utilizing particular aspects of sound as a healing modality we, there's so many different things that can be utilized, such as tuning forks and sound beds and crystal bowls. We personally, and through our experience, have found that working with the voice is the most powerful part of sound healing. And so we do focus on the voice and of course, working with the voice, the vibroacoustic aspect of that is quite powerful. Mm -hmm. Listen, let me just jump forward, back or ahead to the idea of the basic premise of sound healing is simply this. Everything in the universe is in a state of vibration from the atoms and the electrons moving around the nucleus of the, the atom to planets and distant galaxies moving around their suns. They're all in a state of motion. And therefore, they're all creating a vibration which can perceptually be conceived of as being sound. Now, this includes our body. Every organ, every bone, every tissue, every part of our body is in a state of vibration. 
And indeed, when we're healthy, we say we're in sound health. And that's because everything, mm -hmm. every organ, every bone, every part of our body is vibrating at its particular resonant frequency. It's healthy, natural frequency. But what happens? We're very much like this, if you like, orchestra that's playing the symphony of the self. But what happens if the second violin player loses their sheet music? They begin to play out of tune or out of harmony. And pretty soon, the entire string section is sounding off. And pretty soon, the orchestra is sounding off. And this is, if you like, akin to if a part of your body begins to vibrate to the wrong, shall we say, frequency, it begins to vibrate out of ease or out of harmony. We say it's dis-ease. So this is the basis of using sound for healing. It's actually the basis of using all sorts of different, if you like, energy medicine treatments, including aromatherapy, chiropractic, even acupuncture has that as a basis of restoring balance. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You're talking about like the power of vibration. How is this different from prayer? You know, because in prayer, you're also kind of using your own voice to heal yourself and, and heal the world. Well, Jessica, let me ask you this one. Why is it that a majority of the prayers on our planet are vocalized? They're whispered, chanted, sung, spoken, they're vocalized sound and the reason is because sound helps amplify the power of our prayer and our meditation does this make sense mm -hmm, mm -hmm. what is your kind of method in terms of using the voice like do you recommend chanting certain things or singing like what does it look like to do sound healing well, there are so many different avenues of sound healing. Like I was mentioning earlier, I mean, crystal bowls and tuning forks and, and, you know, just listening to, you know, healing music. We focus on the voice because the voice carries a frequency, a vibration. And when we do the question you had about prayer, it is, you know, that, that frequency of, our sound in that prayer, but there's also a very important component that goes along with this, and that is intention. When we are praying, we are, you know, putting out through the sound of our prayer, the intention that is, you know, the reason we're praying. And so we have a formula that Jonathan actually created back in these early days, 30, 40 years ago, and it is frequency plus intent equals healing. So the frequency, the vibration coupled with the intention is what then produces the healing. So I hope that maybe that gives a little bit clearer uh, explanation of sound as a healing modality. And there, Jessica, just a couple of things. Prayer is wonderful. We, we love prayer. Meditation is wonderful. Sound is, if you like, a it's a physical plane component that is the uh, offshoot of both sound and meditation. Mm -hmm. So that you get the vibrations occurring on your body, either through your ears or actually going directly into your you on a cellular level. And there's so many different ways of doing this. As Andy was saying, crystal bowls, 
tuning forks, Tibetan bowls, the voice, there are vibroacoustic beds that you can lie on. There are all sorts of things of working with sound. We like using the voice simply because it's the easiest and doesn't cost any money. And you've always got it with you. Right, right. <laughs> it's easy to transport wherever you go. There you are with your voice. <laughs> okay. So what do you do with your voice? <laughs> okay. So I go like this. <clears throat> Folks, that was really me, uh, me doing a Tibetan deep voice, and I'm kind of kidding now. Uh, I, I can do that, but most people can't. Uh, I was taught by some, uh, you know, Tibetan chant masters, and it's an extraordinary experience. But you can do all sorts of things from your voice, from he, uh, from toning to singing, etc. But the thing is, Jessica, most people are so judgmental about using their voice mm -hmm. that they have real difficulty. Yeah. And some years ago, Andy and I were trying to figure out what we could do that would create an aspect of sound where everybody that was inclusive that everybody could do it that people oftentimes because of various shows like you know who's got uh, talent or america's got talent or you know uh, american yeah, idol or whatever it is you know wherever in the world you are people uh have these things and they get very judgmental about the voice so how, you know, we've become even more judgmental. So how are you going to make people be able to sing or make sound? They're oftentimes so judgmental that they will not do this. And one day we were talking and said, hey, what's the sound that everybody can make? And they're not going to feel judgmental about it. We looked at each other and we went, hmm. And now, Jessica, I have to tell you that we have worked with just every imaginable sound we you know tone with the chakras we you know do you know meditations with sound harmonics Harm uh you know overtones all this stuff and and when we thought we really want to do what we can to get the whole concept of sound and sound healing out to the general public and that was why we chose the simplest sound that people can make and humming was just a natural evolution for us to say okay let's write a book on humming mm -hmm. and to get people you know people babies everybody children hums. everybody hums. elderly people and we have never once heard anyone say you know i just really don't hum very well yeah, i'm a bad I'm, hummer i'm a <laughs> bad i'm a bad hummer you know we have just never heard anyone say that and so we felt like you know what let's delve into the subject of humming i mean we had taught humming many times in our workshops i mean it was not an unfamiliar sound at all to us because it is like giving yourself an internal massage you know vibroacoustically and so we thought okay let's really delve into this and and then we thought well wait a minute you know humming is such a simple thing and are people going to take our book seriously and so what we did the whole first chapter of our book is nothing but peer-reviewed research in the effects of sound and the effects of humming on the body and of course the body is connected to the emotional body the mental body and the spirit body so okay I'm just up. grabbing our book as Andy's talking uh, and so just some of the things okay and, and the humming effect is the first 
professionally published book on humming. And okay, the phys physiological benefits of it. And some of these include. Okay, when we hum, this is what happens. This is what's going on in our body. There is increased oxygen in our cells. Our blood pressure is lowered. Our heart rate is lowered. And we emit levels of melatonin. We also emit levels of the hormone oxytocin and nitric oxide is released and nitric oxide in the healing world is getting a lot of exposure right now and it is a, a really powerful healing it's a, it's a vasodilator which means that it allow it kind of loosens up your circulatory system and allows uh, the blood and all that stuff to flow more easily through your body and it's also it's also an antiviral agent which means that when you hum there is the release of nitric oxide, which basically takes care of viruses that occur in your body and particularly in your nasal cavity. So this is a very, very powerful and important thing, particularly in these times. That coupled with the fact that if you hum, taking some nice deep breaths and doing what we call conscious humming, if you hum for even a few minutes, it's going to reduce your heart rate, your respiration, particularly your blood pressure down many, many points to almost pharmacological levels. Well, and, and along with that, mm -hmm. as most of us are in this, in this current culture, you know, are it really people are having a lot of stress. Life is very, very stressful. And when we can use our own voice, even doing something as simple as a hum, it will reduce that level of stress. And so it'll help us become more centered and bring us into balance. And when you think about it, with our own voice, we have the capacity to do that. And so once people learn about the, the, simplicity and the effectiveness of humming, once people learn about that, they can actually start making choices to affect their own lives. You know, when they're totally stressed out, hey, I'm going to just go sit down and I'm going to hum. And even if you can hum for a minute, now, of course, longer would be obviously better, but even one minute is going to bring in that inner peace, that inner balance and help with the levels of, of stress that, that people during this pandemic and these lockdowns are experiencing. Yeah. What are some circumstances where you will do that for yourself? All the time. Every day, every day. We, <laughs> we have a practice Well, we do, you know, we have a meditation practice that we do, but, but also we have incorporated a five minute humming conscious humming we say mm -hmm. uh we've incorporated that with our meditation practice because even five minutes of conscious humming really brings you into center so we hum a lot jessica and of course along with humming is conscious breathing and so when you take these deep belly breaths and these di um, uh, diaphragmatic breaths and you then couple that with humming it is amazing what it does to our physical bodies and then affects our emotional bodies. Mm -hmm. So, 
So anyway, you can, uh, whatever is happening during the course of your day. <laughs> so listen, I'd just like to suggest that if anybody is stressed out and you, you got something that's stressing you out, whether it's, well, whatever, there are a lot of things that are stressors now, but you sit there and you take some deep breaths you do some hums, and it actually does all sorts of other physiological um, things, including increasing heart rate variability, which is the, uh, shall we say, the gold bar for stress reduction, and also what they call vagal toning, which causes the vagus nerve of the heart to get in alignment. And this, this is great. There's a fellow by the name of Bruce Lipton who wrote a book called The Biology of Belief, and, and it's a very well-known book. and. And he was kind enough to put uh, give us a wonderful quote for our book, The Humming Effect. And I'd love to take a moment and read this to our audience because it's quite telling in terms of the effect of humming. He says, I highly recommend The Humming Effect for all those impacted by the stress of the modern world. It is a powerful non-pharmaceutical and I want to repeat that powerful non-pharmaceutical prescription for self-healing that has only positive side effects and such as harmony, health, and happiness. So I'd love, I always love to share that quote because it very succinctly lets our audiences know, hey, this is something you can do. You don't take a pill. You've, you can just start humming and you're going to get positive, positive effects. Right. I want to loop back into the idea of intent, which is the energy behind the sound. And then also, if you could explain what sonic entrainment is as well. Okay. So first with intent, I want to step back in the uh, Wayback Machine again and go a couple of years after that experience that I had where I was in the uh, bar in Mount Marshall. And at this point, I have now had the Sound Healers Association uh, for a few years, which is featured all sorts of different major scientists, healers, musicians, medical doctors, all sorts of people who work with sound. And I'm getting quite an education. I'm saying, boy, this is a really valid field. What can I do to enhance this more? I said, okay, I'm going to create a uh, master's degree program at Leslie University, which is one of these create your own uh, programs and literally get a master's degree in this. Okay. Well, I come from a family of doctors, my grandfather, father, and brother, all medical doctors. So I have great respect for the field. And I had literally a pile of papers that was about mm, eight, 10 inches high. And they were all different systems of using sound music for healing. I'm sitting in front of a computer about to enter all this information. And I figure I am going to be the first person who basically brings together all this knowledge from all these different people. And Jessica, as I began to do this, I realized that they didn't align. Dr. X would be using one set of frequencies for one particular problem. Dr. Y would be using a completely different set of frequencies for the same problem. Spiritual Master A would be using one set of mantras for the different chakras, and Spiritual Master B would be using a completely different set of mantras for the chakras. And I said, oh, how can this be? How can this be? And I was sitting there rocking back and forth in front of my computer with my head in my hands in a state of intellectual angst. 
when I heard this voice say, it is not only the frequency of the sound that creates its effect, it is also the intention of the person making and receiving the sound. Now, this is back in the early 80s, and I'm trying to deal with uh, scientists and doctors telling them, have you ever thought about the power of intention? They kind of looked at me like I was really strange. Nowadays, we have books for the last five or 10 years that really focus on the power of intention from a fellow named Wayne Dyer to Bruce Lipton to Dr. Joe Dispenza's book on the placebo effect and the power of our beliefs to create the outcome. But back then, it was uh, it was very interesting. And the idea, once again, the sound that you create is based both on the frequency or the vibration of the sound and the energy or the consciousness that you encode into the sound. Is that just something you think about as you're, as you're creating a sound? Or receiving the sound. And also, incidentally, this can also be music that you even listen to, because we all, if you like, from our perspective, everybody's a little bit different. We all are unique vibratory beings. Different musics work for different people, depending upon the time, the place, and their need. It really helps to sort of encode and change your state of consciousness. Well, and speaking of, you know, is it just something that you think as you're sounding, et cetera? And one of the things that I like to share is that, you know, setting an intention, if, if you know, that going back to that formula, frequency plus intent equals healing. And that formula is so uh potent because if we set an intention even before we start our sound even you know before we start whether we're sounding our chakras whether we're humming whatever it is that we're doing whether we're on a sound bed whether we're using a crystal bowl if we can set that intention before we begin it's almost as though the vibration of the sound carries that thought carries that consciousness out into you know the ethers and hopefully for manifestation setting an intention is a very helpful thing to do anytime you're going to be working with sound mm -hmm. and you know and certainly as a quick example the other day i had a headache so what did i do i didn't run and take an aspirin instead i went into my meditation room and i began to hum but i began to hum with the intention of lessening the intensity of the headache and then i visualized as i was humming i'd set the intention to you know lessen that intensity and then i visualized that sound going directly to that part of my body, in this case, it was my my head, where the pain was. So that's a you know a rudimentary example of how intention and sound can work together. Do you know what the uh, greatest intention that you can put on anything that you do is for a manifestation? Love. I don't know. There, yes. there, there's there's <laughs> yes. that, and we probably also add appreciation thankfulness mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's so interesting because you were mentioning prayer it's been suggested that the most potent way that you can pray is to pray as though something has already occurred for the good of all 
Mm-hmm. And, and, you know what, I just want to pop in for a minute because we were talking at the very beginning about when Jonathan was first opening up to sound and he went to a workshop with Sarah Benson mm-hmm. and who became our mentor and dear beloved, beloved friend. And anyway, she taught us that the true sound of healing is love. And, and that mm-hmm. is something that has always stayed with us. The true sound of healing is love. So encoding love, you know, if you don't have any other intention to encode, love is the answer. <laughs> and it's not our belief that love is any particular frequency. Because if it were, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, there's some people who believe that and blessed be to them. But, you know, if it were, then a mother humming a lullaby to her little infant would have to be looking at a uh, guitar tuner to make sure she was pl- she was uh, doing it in the right key. And that's sort of, of course, nonsense, right? Right. So what you're saying is sound is actually the vehicle that carries intent and that can be love and gratitude. Yes. I mean, to begin with our breath carrying the intention. Yeah. And what is... I mean, there is no sound without breath. So breath is, shall we say, the cornerstone of uh, doing uh, sound. And after that, you build upon the breath with the sound mm-hmm. and then focusing the intention. Yeah. Let's talk about sonic entrainment because this is a concept I don't think a lot of people are familiar with. So entrainment simply means, and it's... Uh, I think I actually wrote Sonic Entrainment. You might have come across an article that I did back in the 1980s with these uh, doctors talking about how sound has the ability to cause our natural rhythms of the body to entrain or lock and step. So Hmm. if you like, if there's a slow rhythm going on, even if I slow down my voice, and I'm talking to you like this, you're gonna slow down a little bit. And I'm breathing, we're doing this. And if it's really fast, I'm talking to you like this, all of a sudden you're gonna feel a little, if you like, jump in your nervous system and your heart rate and your respiration. So we have the ability of entraining or synchronizing with external sounds. And this is very important. And this happens all the time college professor and their audience, the students will be in training with the energy of the uh, professor or clergyman and his congregation. And in fact, we're all in training with each other right now, even as we speak. Mm-hmm. And you know, you've heard people say, oh gosh, you know, I'm really uh, in resonance with that, or I really resonate with him or her. And what's happening is that their frequencies are, you know, coming together and matching. And so that's, you know, more or less what entrainment with sound is. Mm, I see. I see. You can use different sounds to, if you like, you put them in your, uh, it's called binaural beats usually is one of the ways. And you put these sounds into your ears, goes into your ear, into your uh, brain. And basically your brain will entrain a certain frequency. So that's one way of doing it. And that's very cool. The neat thing is that within our own bodies, you know, we're constantly in training with our own inner rhythms, our our heart rate, our brain waves are constantly in training. If we slow down our breathing, we're going to automatically slow down our heart rate and our brain waves. And so the fact that you can use sound to actually affect 
your nervous system. You know, you can use sound to affect that entrainment within your own body. Mm. No, yeah, that's really a key part of this because you don't need to seek something outside of yourself. You can do it for yourself inside. You got it. That's why we're to, we, we, for the most part, focus on humming. We're going to lead you in a little humming exercise so that not only you and hopefully anybody who is listening to this whenever will also have this experience because it's real. We wouldn't be sharing this with you if it wasn't real. Once again, listening, of course, also to different types of music. When you listen to very, very chill music, very, very ambient music, you're going to relax breathe deeply and that's very wonderful but also not negating fast-paced music for example my music is very very is designed to really induce deep slow brainwave activity slow breath and heart rate and all that stuff and that's wonderful if you want to you know be in a state of chill and uh, meditation but if you're on an exercise machine you're doing aerobics you don't want to listen to that because literally you will fall off. I've had it happen. You want to listen to some sort of up-tempo uh, music at that time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, but Jessica, getting back to that, we do have it within ourselves to, we have that power within ourselves to shift and change how we feel. And, you know, we like to say that we are our own best laboratory in terms of, hey, that really did help me to slow down or that really did when you know I made these sounds that really did help to reduce the stress and as you know my background in psychotherapy that's the one thing that I would always try to do is help empower my clients you know as they're healing to then be able to eventually I would tell them you're going to want I want you to put me out of business because I want you to be your own healer and sound has the ability to do that mm-hmm. well let's try the humming exercise hold on we got to first do an experiment with you Ooh, okay. you ready for this one sure yeah <laughs> okay given that the only if you like limitation or uh, instruction really for uh, creating a good hum is to have your lips closed in other words my mouth's open and i'm going to close now so you got to have your lips closed in order to hum okay okay i would like you to start humming do one hum and pinch your nostrils so i don't want to influence you and just tell us what happens so pinch my nostrils while well, here, humming? I'll, I'll demonstrate okay. mm, see if that happens to you mm. oh yeah you that can't hum, hum if yeah. your nostrils are pinched and we say okay if you didn't know that about humming and you probably didn't did you no nobody does we say okay if you didn't know that about humming do you think maybe there's some other mysteries that we may be able to reveal to you yeah okay so andy's first gonna basically give you some instructions the first thing i'd like to suggest if you can for anybody who's listening unless you're in bed and you can do this in bed but find yourself a nice comfortable place where you can sit with your back straight and if you can close your eyes when you do this okay and what we're going to do we're sitting up straight our eyes are closed we're going to take some nice deep breaths so let's just do that right now we're going to take a deep breath 
and let that breath go with a sigh. <sighs> and let go of anything that's not serving you in this moment and just focus on your breathing. Breathing in and breathing out. And as your body is feeling relaxed through that breathing, now we're going to We'll do a short humming exercise by humming three times and we'll do that together. And so let's go in and take that deep breath and begin to hum. silence for just a moment and just checking yourself out do you notice any differences even in that very brief exercise because mm. silence is the yin to the yang of sound and it's the place where the true shift and change can occur and jessica how was that experience for you somehow i feel a lot calmer and just settled i think okay yeah and that was a very brief brief uh demonstration or experience and our audience hopefully felt a similar way yeah. and you know to begin to utilize humming in this very very simple way and people's response has been extraordinary even if they don't know a thing about sound or meditation just doing that and they have the physiological experience the emotional experience the mental experience of being in calm and one thing i'd like to suggest that we like to tell people if possible to do this for five minutes a day which may means about five hums believe it or not i i figured it out if you, i mean not 25, 25 hums yeah. <laughs> minutes there we go five hums that'd be pretty long huh? okay <laughs> but, but, but also jessica if if somebody doesn't even have five minutes to do a humming oh. practice even if you hum for one or two minutes i mean even what we just did was very very short and you could still feel the effects so yeah. we would just encourage uh just whatever feels comfortable for you to you know to begin starting a practice uh that can reduce stress in this very uh effective and easy way but i'd like to suggest that if you did it for 25 times 25 hums or about that uh mm -hmm. that you want to make sure that you sit in a, a you know a chill place because after five minutes you will be very blissed out and you might even be stoned out so you don't want to have to get up and go uh, you know catch a train or something like that you want to do it in a place where you won't be disturbed so you can experience that and people have profound experiences from doing it for even five minutes no kidding yeah no i can see that it it just kind of clarifies things and 
settles the mind and it's a peaceful place. Yeah. Oh, that's so lovely to have that description of your experience, Jessica. Thank you. Well, thank you, Andy and Jonathan, for sharing all these tools and this technique, which I really think anyone can do and, you know, experience. And then also some of the background on how this works. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you for having us. Thank you very much. Our pleasure.